I currently minded? Wherein there is still among you jealousies and strife, are you not still carnal? If I ask about the behaviors, for example, that people are struggling with right now, do you not know them to be carnal? Are they not still worldly perspectives all, all in the name of Jesus? Yes. I even acknowledge the fact people say, Lord, I know I'm broken. I know I'm having a hard time. But how do I fix this? Well, you don't. That's the problem. I asked you to pray. You bet you did. And I did. Well, I struggled all day. I said, that's what I prayed for. <laughs> you think I'm going to pray for you to magic wand poof you get out of this problem? No. no. I need you to wake the fuck up and get out. Am I carnally minded? March 23rd. No natural man knows anything about carnality. The flesh lusting against the spirit that came in at the regeneration of the spirit, lusting against the flesh, produces carnality. Walk in the spirit, says Paul, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And carnality will actually disappear. Are you contentious, easily troubled about trifles? Oh, but no one who is a Christian ever is. Paul says they are. He connects these things with carnality. Is there a truth in the Bible that instantly awakens pestilence in you? Where you get upset? Underlying issue from past days? Somebody pokes the old bear in a corner and you growl? How about yes? Yes. Okay? That's a proof that you're yet carnal. If sanctification is being worked out, there's no trace of that spirit left. If you're truly coming out and being separate, being set apart, which God says, I became wisdom. I became righteousness. I became sanctification. I became redemption in you. Became past tense. I am all of that in you. Why aren't you tapping in at the source? Because you're still thinking. First thing is take those thoughts captive. Why? Because they're a loose cannon. And how many people start their remarks to me as I thought? Okay? How many times you get in a situation, first thing you do, you're sitting there going, okay, let me see. Okay, this. Why are you looking up there? What's up there that's going to do you any good? Lord, what do I do? It's as simple as that. Is there a truth in the Bible that instantaneously awakens you to a pestilence? Is there a proof that you're going to carnal? Sanctification is being worked out. There's no trace of that spirit left. If the Spirit of God detects anything in you that is wrong, He does not ask you to put it right. He asks you to accept the light because it's already been put right through that supernatural... What did it say? Spiritual sacrifice. Spiritual, yeah, spiritual what? Substitutionary sacrifice. That's what it's called. Fancy words for, you know, bullshit inside you that just come out. (laughs) If the Spirit detects anything in you, He doesn't ask you to handle anything. He asks you to accept Jesus to the light, and He will put it in the right. Child of light confesses instantly and stands bared before God, naked and unashamed. Child of the darkness says, Oh, I can justify that. I can explain that away. When comes the light 
when once the light breaks, the conviction of wrong comes, be a child of the light, confess, accept the condemnation, be a child, confess, and deal with what is wrong, God's way. If you vindicate yourself, you prove yourself to be a child of the darkness. What is the proof that carnality has gone? Never deceive yourself. When carnality is gone, it is the most real thing imaginable. You will have none of this doing whatever you do and calling it Jesus. God will see that you have any number of opportunities to prove to yourself. What I said earlier, called confirmations? Yes. Prove to yourself. Have, have a confirmation within yourself to see the marvel of His grace. The practical test is only the proof. Why you say, if this had happened before, there would have been a spirit of resentment. You will never cease to be the most amazed person on the earth at what God has done for you on the inside, already past tense, as long as you accept what he's done on the inside. Yeah. Grab your Bibles. Quick like that. Romans 3. Sorry, no Psalms today. No Proverbs today. Romans 3, verse 9. What then? Are we in some way better than they? No and no wise. We have proved, have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they're all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understands. There is none that seeks after God. They're all gone out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. There is none that does good, no, not one. Their throats an open grave, an open sepulcher. And with their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. In the way of peace they have not known. There's no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things sort of the law says, it says to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. We're going to use the Ten Commandments <coughs> to evidence your guilt. Wherefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall be no flesh ever justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. All the law is going to do is let you know how far off the mark you really are. Let me read two more verses. But now the righteousness of God without the law has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by the faith of Christ unto all and upon of all, upon all of them that believe, and there is no difference, because all of sin fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6. Read the whole chapter again. It's Romans 6. I tell you, this is mm, powerful. The problem is we don't listen. What should we say then? Should we continue in our carnal nature and sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How should we that are dead to sin live any longer? If you're dead to it, why are you still piddling with it? Know you not that as many of us that were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? 
Therefore, we were buried with him by the baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life, not carnality. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, though, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that from now on we would not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead has no reason to die again. He dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. And that he died, he died in sin once, but he lives, he lives unto his Father, God. Likewise, reckon you yourselves also be a dead unto sin, yet but alive unto God through Christ Jesus. <clears throat> Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Let it not rule you, that you should obey it and the lust thereof. You know why he's warning you about that last sentence? Because all the while you're the spirit, you're all the while you're flesh. If you're breathing, Adam and Eve is alive and well. And if you don't learn how to bring Adam and Eve into subjection, you will start to work and lend itself for them to say something, to make a suggestion, have advice, and it will wreck you every time. Let us in there for reigning in your mortal body. They should obey the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, just like it didn't have dominion over God, over Christ. For you are not under the law, but you are under grace. So what then? Shall we sin? Continue being foolish? Because we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid, because that would make you absolutely carnal. No, you're not. To whom do you yield yourself to be servants to obey? His servants you are to whom you obey. Whether it's sin unto death, obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Being made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. I get the Adam and Eve bit, right? Mm -hmm. For as you've yielded your members servants to uncleanness, iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members as servants unto righteousness and that unto holiness. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit you had in those things now, you're even ashamed. For the end of those things was death. But now being made free from sin and becoming servants unto God, you have your fruit unto holiness, and the end of that is everlasting life. Like I said, we can have everlasting life here. He became to us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption, he became all those things through Christ in us. What excuse do we have? None. None. I speak after the matter of this infirmity of your flesh. For as you've yielded your members unto service from uncleanness, iniquity unto iniquity, even so now you your members to service of righteousness and holiness. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit you had in those things, you're now even ashamed. For those things end in death. But now be made free from sin... And having become servants unto God, you have your fruit into holiness and the end of the everlasting life. Remember, the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Seven. Seven. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. No, I have not known sin but by the law. 
Fright not known lust, except the law said, you shall not covet. But sin, taking occasion to the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, for without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. And the commandment, which was ordained to life, was found to actually be death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and just and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin might, by the commandment, might become exceedingly sinful. For we know that the law is, in fact, spiritual. It's a guide. It's a schoolmaster. But you're supposed to be brought to the spirit that now you no longer need a schoolmaster because it's in here to teach you how to apply the ten by loving your Lord, Lord, heart, mind, body, soul, and strength your neighbors yourself. The law is spiritual, but I am carnal. I'm sold under sin. 8.1 There is ever no condemnation to those that are actually in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of Christ in me. Hmm. Ten commandments. Ten commandments. No, two commandments. Put inside you. Ten are still a law of sin and death. The two that are placed inside you with Christ to bear witness to you have given you life. But you don't walk in life. For what the law could not do is that it was weak through the flesh, our flesh. God sending his own son to the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned that sin in the flesh. He became that substitutional sacrifice. That the righteousness of law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after that spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. That little verse right there, verse 5, tells me a lot about people. I can tell when somebody's caught up in, in all the toys and all the stuff in the world, and, and one that is actually, I don't care about that stuff, what I care about is my, my walk with the Lord. I care about God being first and preeminent in my life. But this one, this one up here is all the stuff, and cute, you know, cutie including chasing the old cute little girls in the short skirts and the guys and, you know, all their little, you know, fashion guys all chase after stuff in the flesh and you want to call it spiritual and it's not. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The carnal mind is at odds against God for it can, it's not subject to the love of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot Please, God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God is going to be able to dwell in you, which He's supposed to be dwelling in you. Now, if any man have not that Spirit of Christ, you are none of His. That's that conscience, right? Yes. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But Spirit is life because of righteousness. Your body doesn't have those desires that you had in the flesh. They don't count anymore. Why? The Spirit's all that's going to matter to you. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. So therefore, brethren, we're debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, you shall die. But if through the Spirit you do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. 
We have not received a spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we call, cry out, Abba, Father, or Daddy. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So I reckon that these sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be even compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Not to us, in us. In us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by the reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption to the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together even unto now. For not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves grow within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of the body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen isn't hope. For what a man sees, why would you then hope for it? But if we hope for that which we see not, then we do patiently wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our infirmities. For we know not though what we should pray, or as we ought to pray, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for he has groanings which cannot be uttered. And he makes way for us dummies, right? Yes. And he that searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for us and the saints according to the will of God. He's going to intercede because he knows what to talk to God about for you. So good luck trying to be in charge. Nine, six. Not as though the word of God has taken none effect. For they that are all Israel aren't all Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall the seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. Only the children of promise. For this is the word of promise at this time. I will come and Sarah shall have a son. So are we going to let that come through, right? Yes. Yes. Romans 13. 10. Love works no evil to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And that knowing the time, how now it's high time to wake out of our sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not rioting and drunkenness, not chambering and wantonness, not strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh, Amen. nor to the lusts to be fulfilled thereof. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 1.26 For you see your calling, brethren, have it not many wise men, truly wise men, because we realize the foolish of God is wiser than men. Yes. How many wise men of the flesh, how many mighty, how many noble, are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound things which are mighty. The base things of the world, is even the things that are despised, God has chosen, yes, the things which are not to bring to nothing those things that are. So, all the while we're having this Christian walk, all the while we're still having to deal with the fact of who we are. Or were. And we still think we are, right? Mm-hmm. And God says, oh, by the way, I just want to just time out. Can I get your attention for one second? Just, just hear me out. I'm not choosing those people that, that think they're doing it right. I'm choosing you because you're a fool. 
I'm choosing you because you're weak. I'm choosing you because you're based. I'm choosing you because of the shit you did. Why? Because I'm going to use you to show them they should have followed me. And because you're in a place you can, we will blow them out of the water if you'll just allow me my way in your life. No flesh should ever glory in God's presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us. Oh, there it is. Wisdom and righteousness, sanctification and redemption. Darn. That's just crazy, huh? <laughs> Pastor must have known that. First Peter 3, 1. I and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babies in Christ. I've had to feed you with milk and not with meat. For you were not able to bear it, neither even able to bear it now at times. For you are yet carnal. For whereas there are among you envying and strife, divisions, aren't these things still carnal and don't you still walk as men or mankind? Yes. 3.9 For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You're God's building. According to grace, which God has given to me as a wise master builder, I've laid your foundation, and another's going to build upon it. But let every man take heed how he builds upon what I've laid for you, right? Yes. For another foundation can no man lay that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, if any man build upon a foundation with gold or silver, precious stones, hay, wood, or stubble, every man's work shall be made obvious. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work to see what sort it was. If any man's work abide when he's built thereupon, he'll receive a, a reward. But if any man's work be burned up, he shall suffer the loss. But he himself might still be saved, and yet so by fire. First yeah. Corinthians 9. 7. 9-7. Who goes to warfare at any time at his own charges? Who plants a vineyard and doesn't eat the fruit thereof? Or who feeds a flock and eats not the milk of, of the flock? I say these things as a man. Or says not the law the same thing also? It is written in the law of Moses that you shall not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treads out the corn. Does God not take care of the oxen? Or says it all together for our sakes. For our sakes, no doubt, this has been written. That he should plow, should plow in hope. He that threshes in hope should be a partaker of the hope. So we have sown unto you spiritual things. Is it a great thing that somehow we should reap your kernel? If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we the rather? Nevertheless, we have not use this power, but suffer all things, lest somehow we would hinder the gospel of Christ. Mm -hmm. Do you not know that they which are ministering about the holy things live of the things of the temple? And they which wait at the altar are partakers of the altar? Even so is the Lord ordained that they that preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Second Corinthians 7. Having, therefore, these promises, dearly beloved, 
Let's cleanse ourselves from all the filthiness of the flesh and our spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Receive us, because we've wronged no man. Have we corrupted? We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. So I speak not in any of these things to, to condemn you. For I said before that they are that you are in our hearts to die and not for us to live with you. Great is my boldness of speech towards you. Great is my glorying of you. And I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly joyful in all of our tribulations. Why? Because we're all going through this together. Second Corinthians ten three. I'll know this one. Yeah. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The weapons of our warfare are mighty through God, the pulling down of strongholds, casting down our crazy imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Everything that exalts itself between us and knowing him more. And we bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And then having in a readiness to revenge all of our disobedience. To take this newfound life and go kick our old man's life to, to the curb like it needs to be. Amen. Taking this obedience to go revenge against our disobedience. Yes. Only when our obedience is fulfilled. Yes. Galatians 2.16 Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, and we might be justified by the faith of Christ. Not by the works of the law, but for the works of the law shall no flesh ever, ever, ever be justified. So the carnality, not going to work. You have to be justified by the Spirit of God in in your spiritual man. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are found sinners. Is there for Christ a minister of sin? God forbid. Before, for if I build again the things which I destroyed. See, at one point in time, we all gave our life to Christ and we gave up our rights to ourselves. Yeah. Or yes. you wouldn't be in my church. Yes. But if you build again the things which were destroyed, you make yourself a transgressor. He didn't do it. You did it. For I, through the law... The Ten Commandments are going to tell me I'm dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I might have to call upon Jesus because this law thing no work. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives within me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God. The Son of God who loved me and gave his own personal self for me as a substitutionary sacrifice. So I do not frustrate the grace of God. If righteousness came to the law, then Christ would be dead in vain. So, oh foolish Galatians, heart of worship, whatever. Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? For whose eyes was Christ been evidently set forth crucified among you? This is what I learned of you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, you're now going to be made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if necessary, if need be in vain? He, therefore, that ministers to you, the Spirit, and works miracles among you, your pastor, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Question, huh? Yes. Galatians 5, 16. 
This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not, you shall not, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, the Spirit lusts against the flesh. These are contrary to one another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. And them are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, <clears throat> and such the like, of which I tell you before and I hate, I've also told you in the time past, they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace and long-suffering, gentleness, goodness and faith, meekness, temperance. Against such things there is no law. And they that are Christ, those that are truly Christ, have crucified the flesh and all the affections and lust thereof. So if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And let us not be desirous of selfish glorification, vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. 6.1 So, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore him and such one of the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, but so fulfill the law of Christ. For a man thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives his own self. But let every man prove his own work, and then he shall have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate to them that is teaches in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall reap of the flesh corruption. But he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap, if we faint not. We, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially to those that are of the household of faith. Ephesians 2.1 And you he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also... We had our conduct in times past and the lusts of the flesh, filling all the desires of our flesh and, and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he quickened us together with Christ, because it was by the grace that you've been saved, and has raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ. For by grace you've been saved through faith. Not absolutely not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus to good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Amen. Philippians Three. One. Finally, obviously not yet, but finally, my brethren, 
Rejoice in the Lord, and to write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it's safe. Beware of dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the concision. For we are not the circumcision which worship God of the God of the which for we are the circumcision which worship God of the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus, and we have no confidence in our flesh. Colossians 2. 2 For I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you and for them and Laodicea. For as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be covered being knit together in love unto all the riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and the treasures of knowledge. This I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For although I be absent the flesh, I am with you in the spirit, joying, beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith. So as you have therefore received Christ Jesus, so walk you in him, rooted and built up in him, Established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you with philosophy or vain deceit after the, after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily in Christ. And you are complete in him, Amen. in Christ, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom you're all circumcised with a circumcision made without hands and the putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, where it also you're risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. Hebrews 7. 11. If therefore perfection whereby the Levitical priesthood of the law, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should be raised up in the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? Why would there be another priest raised up that would be doing the same, not the way Aaron was taught of the Levitical priesthood, but be taught from a different angle or according to the, 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 the original the Melchizedek priest? Because if there's no reason to reaffirm the ten, there are reason to now affirm the, the new covenant, the two. For the priesthood being changed, there is made a necessity to change also the law. So because we got Christ in to replace the Levitical priesthood. That meant the law needed to change too. For he of whom these things were spoken pertains to another tribe of which no man gave attendance to the altar. There's not anybody in the lineage of Judah at the altar. For it's evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. And yet it's far more evident for that after the similitude of Melchizedek there rises another priest who is made not after the law of the carnal commandment, 
but after the power of an endless life. For he testifies, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For there is truly a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness of the unprofitables thereof. The law made nothing perfect, but bringing in of a better hope did, by which we draw near unto God. And as much as not without an oath, he was made priest. Those priests were made without an oath, but this was an oath by him that said, the Lord swear and will not repent. You are a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And so, by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament for us. First Peter 3. 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that continue in evil. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? But, and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy you. Be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord in your hearts. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that's, that asks you of the reason of the hope that's within you, with meekness and with fear. Mm-hmm. Having a good conscience that, whereas they speak evil of you as evil doers, they may be ashamed and falsely accuse your good conduct in Christ. For it's better for the will of God be so that you would suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. Mm-hmm. For Christ has put has once suffered for sins and just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. 4.1 For as much as Christ has suffered in, for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind, for he has suffered in the flesh, has ceased from sin. And he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but live the rest of his time in the flesh to the will of God. For the time past of our life, may suffice us who have wrought the will of the Gentiles. We walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excess, wines, revelings, banquetings, abominable idolatries. When they think it strange that we will not run with them, the same excess and riot any longer. Who shall give an account to them that is ready to judge the quick of the dead? For this cause, the gospel preached. Also to them that were dead, that they might be judged according to the men in the flesh, but live according to God and the Spirit. See, the end of all things is at hand. Be you therefore sober and watch into prayer. Above all these things have passionate, fervent charity, unconditional love among yourselves for charity will cover a multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Verse John my little children to one these things I write unto you that you sin not but if you man sins there's an advocate with the father Christ the righteous and he is the propitiation the substitutional sacrifice for our sins and not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the entire world. And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that says, I know him, and keeps not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not found in him. 
But whoso keeps this word in him, truly is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him, and he that says he abides in him ought, him also, ought himself also walk, even as Christ walked. 2.15 So love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father isn't in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It's not of the Father, it is of the world. And the world passes away, and all the lusts thereof pass away with it. But he that does the will of God is going to abide forever. 23. Whoso ever denies the Son and has not the Father, but he that acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So let that therefore abide you which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you shall continue in the Son and continue in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. And these things I have written unto you concerning them that try to seduce you. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you, if you abide in him. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, even as it is taught you, you shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, you may have confidence, and be not ashamed before him in his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that does righteousness then is actually born of him. 3.1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. We should be called the sons and daughters of God, therefore the world knows us not because it didn't know Him. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall actually see Him as He is. Amen. And every man that has this hope, within himself he purifies himself even as he was pure. Whosoever commits sin, transgresses the law, for sin is a transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away the sins and the transgression. And in him was no sin. So whosoever abides in him sins not. Whosoever ever sins has not seen him, neither has known him. So little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, righteous even as he was righteous. He that commits sins of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. And for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God then does not commit sin. He is at new birth. For his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin where, because he is born of God. And this, the children of God are manifest, also the children of the devil. Whosoever does not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loves not his brother. 3.18 So my little children, let us not love and word and tongue, but deed and truth. Amen. Hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, thank you, Jesus, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, though we can have a confidence towards our God. And whatever so we ask, we receive him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is the commandment, that we should, we should believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another and as he gave us that commandment. And he that keeps his commandment dwells in him, and he in turn dwells in return in him. And hereby we know that he abides in us by the spirit which he has given unto us. 4.1 Beloved, believe not every spirit though. Try the spirits whether it be of God, whether because there are many false prophets gone out of the world. Hereby we know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Where you have heard and it should come when even already it is in the world. You are of God, little children, have 
overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And they are in of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. We're of God, and he that knows God hears us. But he that is not of God hears us not. Whereby we know then the spirit of truth, we also know the spirit of error. 5.13 These things I've written to you. You should believe in the name of the Son of God that you might know that He has eternal life that you might know that you have eternal life and you may believe on the name of the Son of God. This is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He'll hear us. We know that if he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. 18. We know that whosoever is born of God sins not. But he that is begotten of God keeps himself that the wicked one cannot touch him. We know that we are of God and the whole world lies in wickedness. We know that God, the Son of God, has come and has given to us an understanding that we may know him that is true. They were in him that is true, even his son Christ. This is the true God, and this is eternal life. Little children, please keep yourself from idols. And lastly, Jude 17. Beloved, remember you the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord and Savior Jesus? How they told you that you become mockers in the last time. We should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These are they who separate themselves. They're sensual, emotional feelings. Mm-hmm. Not having the spirit. But you, beloved, building up yourselves in most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ and eternal life. Some of these have compassion, making a difference. And others, saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now in him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his own glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, let him receive the glory and the majesty, dominion and power both now and forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So Father, we come before you today saying thank you, Lord, for this uh, refresher, Lord, against carnality. So quickly we can slide back into some of our old ways, Lord God, and and, uh, play dumb, act like we don't know where it came from or how it happened, and yet, Lord God, it's simply a choice that we've made that uh, we were called not to make. Help us, Lord, and offer us up the mercy, please, to have a second chance. But more importantly, give us the strength and courage to make the right choice as you've asked of us, Lord God. No longer be caught in the wiles of the devil and the ways of the world. It's the pride of life, pride of, pride of the eyes of God, lust of the spirit. We want, we want your spirit to mold and shape us the way we need to be shaped and molded. We're going to give you praise. We're going to give you thanks. Give you honor and glory now and frankly forevermore, but now specifically today for all that you're doing in our lives and ask for God that you would, in fact, without question, be glorified in us. We'll give us thanks, praise, honor, and glory as we go out from here now and
spend the rest of the day spent with you. We ask, Lord God, you be glorified in that as well. We pray all these things in the precious blood and in the precious, precious name of Jesus. Our Lord, our Savior, your Son. Amen, amen. Amen. amen.